All right, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Under the Rim podcast. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. My name is Richard Stewart, and I um, grew up in Toronto. played basketball at Oakwood Collegiate um, in Toronto, uh, where we won, like, city championships for four years in a row. Um, we were a pretty good team and had some really good basketball players with a great coach. Terry Thompson was a famous uh, coach in Toronto. I then went on to join the Canadian junior national team, traveling to Europe, playing basketball for Canada, and uh, got a scholarship uh, to play NCAA Division I basketball in Philadelphia at St. Joseph's University. Uh, That's the Atlantic 10 Conference. And so you'll have like Temple University, West Virginia, Mm. teams like that, Penn State, were, were in the Atlantic 10 back then. It's a really great, great, great conference and great time playing basketball. I then was chosen for the Pan American Games team, which went to Cuba. I played the Pan American Games, and I also played on the uh, World University Games team, uh, the men's team, which won a silver medal for Canada in 1991 Mm. in Sheffield, England. And we lost the United States in the championship game, but we did beat Russia. We beat whatever the USSR in 91 beat them um we beat some really good teams and it was a great experience for my teammates and i um to be on the podium here in the canadian national anthem playing and uh canadian teams were not winning anything in basketball back then so we were the first team that uh that mm-hmm. came up with, with such a effort it's really exciting stuff um moving forward uh, when i was done playing basketball after i retired i then started to um a program, I would say, it was called Advanced Basketball Canada. Um, started back in 2007 here in, uh, in, in the Mississauga area. And just a lot of kids came to me um, to learn skills, uh, to be able to get a scholarships to the States and to further their basketball dreams. So I was training kids from age eight all the way up to kids, you know, young adults, 20s and so forth. Put in notable players that went on to play in the NBA is uh, Dylan Brooks. He's a, play, you know, a player for the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And Dylan Brooks is a, is a fantastic basketball player. Uh, another player that was uh, came through my program was um, Ignis Bradzikas mm-hmm. out of Oakville. Went to Orangeville. And he played for the New York Knicks. And um, now and he played for Orlando. Mm-hmm. So that, that was pretty cool. My, my own son played for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. He was in their organization. Went to Argentina. They picked him up as a free agent. And um, he played on the OG League team, Austin Spurs as well. So uh, just, 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 just great basketball. And um, obviously, <laughs> you know, um, the pandemic hit. Yeah. So my training program was put on hold for two years. Um, Try to do outdoor stuff just to keep some kids engaged, but a lot of kids and a lot of people, you know, they, they, um, were affected by the pandemic. So, at this point, I haven't started back up as yet. They're, they're, everything's just starting to get open again. And um, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So you you're clearly have been a player yourself for over the years. So what would you say is your favorite experience from playing on this different team? Something that you just always hold or something you cherish? One of your favorite memories that you often think about or something that you bring up from time to time? Well, there, there are so many, mm-hmm. there are so many uh, milestones, Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know, bas- basketball was yeah. part of my life for so many years. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm studied and, and, and I'm part of the history of basketball mm-hmm. in Toronto. And so I've, 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 I know the older guys. I know the history of the game. Mm-hmm. I have seen plenty of players play who were before my time mm-hmm. uh, when, when I became uh, a pretty decent player. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you know, guys like Steve Nash, those guys came after the guy like Eli Pasquale, guys like Rocky Llewellyn. Um, we're talking about guys who came up um, in Toronto, Rob Samuels. I mean, I know I know everybody that played basketball in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So to to pick one would be would be would be um, you know would be hard. Here's one yeah. thing I think about every once in a while. My first dunk in a game. My okay. first dunk in a game. All right. I went, I wasn't, I went, I was, I was playing grade nine at Downsview, man. Mm-hmm. And I, and I got a breakaway and this guy was chasing me. I'm like, why is this guy chasing me? And I'm going down the court, man. And I went mm-hmm. up, boom. And the whole place went crazy. Ooh. I was in grade nine. Nobody's yeah. a grade nine guy. Yeah. Dunk it, you know? So uh, it, it, I think about that every once in a while. It gives me a laugh. You know, the guy's chasing me. I'm like, I'm in grade nine. Who expected me to dunk it? So I dunked it on him. So mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. One of the other things, well, really and truly playing with the national team, really and truly in Asia, um, in South Korea, um, in Italy, and all these places in France, I think about those once in a while because those, that camaraderie, that those, um, those times with those guys were really special, especially putting on that Canadian uniform. Mm-hmm. and performing for for people all over the world mm-hmm. those are some of the things that i do remember that that, that um that are, that are milestones within my career the silver medal of course i mean the yeah. silver medal is a culmination of a, of a lot of you know of a lot of hard work and great teammates great coaching um and 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 something that canada can be proud of mm-hmm. Do you um, remember where your love for the game first started? Do you remember how it started culminating for you? Where um, not exactly where you were, but just how like you're like, I want to do this. You know, I want to be a basketball player. I want to do something with basketball. It's amazing how that comes. It comes in different ways for different people, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Because different people come to basketball for different reasons. If you grew up in, say, Philadelphia and North Philadelphia, where Kyle Lowry grew up, yeah, you know, people use it as a vehicle. In other parts of the United States, ghetto mm-hmm. people use it as a vehicle to get their family out of poverty. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Growing up in Toronto, we really don't have any ghettos here compared yeah. to America. Growing up in Toronto, you know, you know, it's a different different life. You know, you have a roof over your head, you have food to eat, you have family. And you, you play for with your friends for the love of the game with your friends. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, um, I would say one of the things that happened to me early was there was a guy who came from America. His name was Joe Edwards. Mm-hmm. Back then, Kyle, they didn't have rep. They mm-hmm. didn't have prep. All basketball was was high school basketball mm-hmm. and community basketball. So. Jaden Finch Community Center, Driftwood Community Center, mm-hmm. Scadding Court, um, Galloway up in Scarborough, um, um, Falstaff Community Center down mm-hmm. by Jane, Jane, Jane and Wilson, you know, Jane and Finch. You, you go to these places, uh, the Chalk Farm Community Center um, in, in North York down there by, near, uh, near Sheridan Mall, behind Sheridan Mall. So community centers will play against community centers, all right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you'd have a community center like Chalk Farm Community will play Falstaff. Falstaff plays plays uh, Gin and Finch Driftwood, right? Mm-hmm. And in the summertime, you know, in the summertime, there'll be like the Westview tournament and different little tournaments around the city, you know, which gave your community 
mm-hmm. bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> amazing stuff. I mean, there's great basketball, great players, guys who are doing all kinds of exciting stuff. So for me, all of the game came through that guy, Joe Edwards, who came from the United States, and mm-hmm. he was the community center coordinator, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And he is the one that, um, you know, put our team together and give us a real flavor of what real basketball <laughs> was. Before, we were just playing around, but then yeah. he brought sort of U.S. toughness and style. Yeah, man. So it's, that, that's what culminated in, in my love for the game and, and, and pushed me forward uh, to practice every day and, mm-hmm. and to hone my skills. And it's interesting that you say that it, before there was only just high school basketball and community centers, because I was thinking even coming up through high school, uh, just watching basketball and seeing all these guys get drafted in the States and go from like from this college to this, I was always thinking, or you can probably answer this yourself. Do you think it's harder as a Canadian born player to make it to the NBA? Do you think that Canadian players are at a bigger disadvantage than American players to try and get noticed or try and get scouted, anything like that? That's a, that's a great question, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Here's here's and, and, and here's how we're going to educate your audience. Mm-hmm. When I grew up in Toronto, yes, it was difficult because no there weren't any, a lot of scouts coming here to watch basketball in Canada. Mm-hmm. One or two guys were seven foot tall. A couple of guys who were extraordinary would end up at Niagara University or Buffalo or St. Mm-hmm. Bonaventure, which is close in New York, upstate New York. A couple of guys here or there went through 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 the keyhole. One went to, I remember Charles Roshlin, who went to Eastern Commerce. He went to UCLA. Um, someone may end up in West Virginia. But one of the things that happened back then is that someone had to have seen you and call someone down there. Mm-hmm. Then they come up to see you. So, yes, back in my time, it was very difficult to, 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 to make it um, out of Toronto, out of Canada. Now, Kyle, anybody can make it. <laughs> almost anybody. <laughs> almost anybody. Hmm. Because what's happening now, man, is it's not a secret anymore. Basketball is so universal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they start talking about the European market, but the Canadian market, Toronto especially, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's a hotbed. They're yeah. up there every day. They're searching for players from grade eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they have junior prep now. Yeah. And they, so, so yeah, so nobody escapes anymore from seeing, from getting seen. Mm-hmm. So now it's easy. It's easy to make it now. You All you need, actually, Kyle, is one good skill set. When I was growing up, man, you better be able to rebound, defend, <laughs> shoot it. You got to be able to dribble the basketball. You better have a couple of different moves. Mm-hmm. You're not getting away with just being a shooter. You will not get away with just being a dunker. You, you have to have skill sets to mm-hmm. make it. So yeah, your great question. Yeah, nowadays, you know, people can make it nowadays really easily. They're, they're up here every day scouting people. There's also something I was thinking about myself too, because I was like going from high school into university and everything, just thinking about how the basketball is growing into Canada and how we're coming, we're becoming more of a basketball city. I was thinking, if you're going to, if you're playing at Ryerson, are any scouts looking at you at Ryerson University? It's like I feel like it's more, or that's what I was personally worried about. But now you kind of like shed light on that because I'm like, I don't think anyone's looking at ryerson unless zion was playing them unless when that time duke and zion and ryerson were playing i thought i i always thought to myself what if somebody on the ryerson team just outshined the entire duke team would that bring attention to scouts would that bring attention you've already been looked at and deemed that you couldn't play mm-hmm. in ncaa we've already seen you and said okay this kid is a community university player he mm-hmm. cannot play ncaa basketball division one 
Mm-hmm. Most of the guys who are playing in Canada don't stay here and and play in Canada. Yeah. Or they're, they're, you know that's that's one of the things that I that I know for a fact is that once you're playing in in, in one of the universities in Canada, it, it just means that the opportunities that were offered to you are not what you want them to be, or schools just down there. There, everybody is senior. Kyle, everybody is senior now. Yeah. Like I said, by by eighth grade, by seventh and eighth grade, people are really saying, "Okay, this kid's gonna go to this prep." You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna go to that prep. You know, you you, you don't get not seen anymore. So no, mm-hmm. a kid from Ryerson, um, May though. Here's another v- v- venue. Canadian kids have gone to Europe to play. Mm-hmm. Canadian kids have gone to Europe to play Belgium and other places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Japan or, or or places like that. Um, but 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 overall, to answer your question, no. Once once you get your rights, and people have seen you and know that you're a Canadian basketball <laughs> player. Because <laughs> I I always thought that I was just like because I remember watching that game because I was at school. I went to Ryerson at the time that that game was happening, and I always thought to myself, what if just there was one kid on the court that ended up beating like beating Duke and really showing out? Would that open scouts' eyes? But like I guess like you said, he's already shown that he can't play at that that NCAA level, so it wouldn't make too much sense to to start focusing on this one one kid and as like but, as... you know what happens though kyle one, one of the things that happens kyle is that if, if your scenario if a kid say <laughs> yeah. got overlooked got overlooked mm-hmm. say he got overlooked and yeah. he ends up at at carlton mm-hmm. or, or wherever mcmaster wherever he ends up mm-hmm. and then say he grew three three inches four inches mm-hmm. that's happened to a lot of people grew four inches you know, destroys everybody in canada every mm-hmm. university in canada that can happen Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it happen yet, but that can happen, <laughs> right? Kid grows mm-hmm. four inches. A lot of kids have done it happen in universities all over America, where a kid comes in and turns into like Kevin Durant, right? He grew, yeah. right? so he grew, he grew like six inches or something like that. He was a point guard, right? Mm-hmm. So, 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 yeah, it can happen. I haven't just not seen it happen yet. <laughs> so it'd be fun to see it happen, though, wouldn't it? It'd be cool. it, it would. It'd be interesting because I think about it from time to time. I was like, there's not a there's not a lot of stories like that happening. It's more like if you want to play seriously, you head over to the states and then you make your curve from there. Like how Andrew Wiggins went went over um over to the states and then did his thing. And another thing I've noticed too, um, when it comes to the Raptors in general, and we're going like bigger scale here, and you probably you might be able to provide some insight just where you played overall like i've noticed that the players in the states anytime they get traded to the raptors like drogic for example or other players have talked about how they don't like playing in toronto just because it's a different country a different state everything do you personally think that like players in the united states or anything like kind of look down on a canadian team such as the raptors especially if they were to get traded or something like that Great, great question, Kyle. And these are some great, some great insights by you. Mm-hmm. You see, I've thought about this over the years, and I have some insight on that because I do know, I did know, um, and, and I was connected with, with guys at the higher levels of basketball. Mm-hmm. Here's what happens. Americans see the game as their game. NBA mm-hmm. is their game, their yeah. country, their game. Whenever anybody around the world wants to play NBA, they want to go to America to play NBA. Mm-hmm. When a kid grows up in America, he wants to play in NBA in one of the American cities. That's mm-hmm. that's their parochial. Most most Americans don't leave their neighboring cities. Mm-hmm. If you you maybe you haven't seen, but I lived in Philadelphia for a while. I've had friends in New York, Atlanta, um, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. People live and die in their own neighborhood. If you if you were to get lost and ask someone how to get across town to to a certain place, they wouldn't be able to tell you. Mm-hmm. 
Torontonians are different. If you mm-hmm. ask me how to get to Jane and Finch, you ask me how to get to Scarborough, if I ask you how to get to wherever, mm-hmm. you could probably tell them. Yeah. Because you travel around the town. Most people in these American cities stay in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That spills over into the NBA mindset as well. What happens is the guys come to Canada, they're in a totally different country. Mm-hmm. Their friends and their family will say they're playing in Canada. You have to go through customs, this and that. It's a yeah. drag, it's a hassle. It's different. It's different. Someone can drive from Philadelphia to New York and watch their buddy play. Someone can drive from New Jersey to Philadelphia and watch their buddy play, drive to Washington to watch their buddy play. You see what I'm saying to you? Yeah. So it becomes difficult to drive to Toronto, Canada. Your boys from your neighborhood are not driving to Canada to watch you play. And it may be small, not people don't think about that, like the Kawhi Leonard situation. Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard wanted to go home. Yeah. And people are like, oh, why did he come back for another championship? Oh, he's crazy. They get more money here. No, 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 no. There's something about Americans. They want their friends and their family to see them yeah. play in, in, in Canada, in their, in their own country. Canada is at a disadvantage. And that's always been. Mm-hmm. It has always been that way. Um, you're playing in a different country. It's a mindset. So, yeah. Yeah. They, they'll, if, you, if, you, if you were to speak to some of the Raptors and, and some of them end up, end up um you know with homes here like Muggsy Bogues and mm-hmm. some of the, the, the former coaches they, they like Toronto is just the players mm-hmm. when they're playing they want to see their family they want to see their friends come watch them play so playing in a different country there is a stigma as it were mm-hmm. you know to, to play in a, in, a, in a different country there's something to that there mm-hmm. is because I've always thought about that too and I wanted to write a piece just generally about how the NBA and the players treat the Raptors and what I've heard over the years too, especially with the Kawhi Leonard situation too. I told everyone, he just, there was a text that got sent out that he said that he just wanted to go home. So it's, it makes, it makes sense because why would he stay here? He already won a championship too. He did what he needed to do. He could just go home, play in LA. He doesn't need the snow and then he could just leave. He he just leave. So I was, I was surprised, but I wasn't too surprised because we kind of, kind of see coming, but just to step that up on a bigger level too, I kind of always talked about this and my friends who is a diehard Raptors fan, he always thinks there are too much fouls being called against the Raptors. The refs are against the Raptors. So do, <laughs> do, you, do you, this is just theorizing here, but do you think on a bigger scale that if like the rap, when the Raptors won the championship, it wasn't a too much of a good look on the NBA. Cause it was like one Canadian team out of the rest of the, the, the American teams. Did you think, do you think there's something, there could be something bigger going on with more like the stigmas against the Canadian team, especially with the, the higher ups in the NBA? No, here's what I know. And I know this for sure, because mm-hmm. I, I, I do um, have connections with these guys and former, former guys that used to play and, and stuff like that. And being an American and being around the game as long as I, here's where it comes from. The game is star driven. Mm-hmm. If you have a superstar on your team or a star or two, you will get calls. That's how mm-hmm. the game is. The referees yep. know you. They know your moves. They know what you're about to do. When you have a bunch of guys just playing, you're not getting the respect of the referees or the calls. That's just mm-hmm. how it works in basketball. If a referee knows who I am, knows my name, knows that I, I'm, I'm coming into town mm-hmm. and I, have, I drop 20 a game every game. Even in high school, when I was dropping numbers in high school, I got calls, man. Yeah. I got calls. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I could travel. I get calls. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, bro? So, and here's the other part of it now. Kawhi come, remember, remember Kawhi came from San Antonio with a question mark. Mm-hmm. Will he or won't he be able to come back from an injury? What is this thing between him and, and Popovich? What mm-hmm. is going on? That, that whole thing brought 
interest and media and spotlight to Toronto. Mm -hmm. With his play and what he was able to do, number one, the referees gave him calls mm -hmm. because he's the superstar. He, and he proved, remember, he was, a, he was an MVP before he got yeah. here. He was a final MVP before he got here. So, yes, referees give stars call. No, it's not because they call all the calls on Toronto because, they're, because, because Toronto doesn't have any superstar that, that they'll have to answer for. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, it's a bad call. Oh, what? They call the, <laughs> the, the NBA office. They call this on this guy. Mm -hmm. They're not getting on those calls about Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's not, it's, it's perfunctory. Nothing, nothing to do with that. The other part of it is, again, it goes back to, to, to playing up here. Again, the, the NBA made a lot of money when Toronto won the championship in terms of merchandise, everyone mm -hmm. from Vancouver to Montreal has a Raptors, yeah. a Raptors gear, you know, right? All that, all that licensing money goes into the NBA's pockets. Um, in terms of television, everyone from Vancouver to mm -hmm. Quebec was watching the finals. It's money driven, right? It's mm -hmm. money driven, but if there's no star. Nobody, nobody, nobody yeah, exactly. wants to be a part of it. Exactly. And that's what I, yeah. I, I've been telling my friends about, too, because the Toronto Raptors, it's not just Toronto. They have a whole country supporting them because it's just this one <laughs> one team. And we've never seen a level of superstardom such as Kawhi Leonard enter the city. And I always tell them, like, it's hard for Toronto to get free agents, number one, because we're in a different country. But we don't have that recruiting power. Like if Kawhi stayed, he might have been able to recruit others. And I've talked to people like if somehow like ma like magically LeBron came here. LeBron has that recruiting power to pull people to come to Toronto, especially just because of his name alone. So I don't think a lot of people took that into consideration as well. Just yeah. how just how star driven the NBA is as well, too, because we've seen clips of Michael Jordan talking to the refs about calls, about certain calls he didn't and didn't get. So there is there is things like that, too. And I don't think a lot of yeah. people have taken that. So that is a good insight that I haven't really thought about before. And as someone who's played the game and is now like coaching the game and teaching the game to others, uh, there's been a debate going on for quite a few, I think a few months now it's kind of picked up and just would like your insight on it. Do you think that Steph Curry has ruined the game of basketball currently with the way he plays uh, yes, basketball? Yes, without question. Yes. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those haters. Yes. <laughs> with kids pulling up from 40 problem. and 50 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I think he ruined the game. I think that the stuff that you saw young people do, and again, I'm saying it tongue in cheek because he's a fabulous player, a great shooter, one of the greatest shooters that ever played in the game. Mm. Here's two things that happened to basketball when Steph Curry came through, and it's not his fault. And you listen to um, Isaiah Thomas, you know, great Detroit guard, Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. If you listen to what he, he had to say, it'll, it'll give you basketball people know this. When I, when we, back in when he was playing, maybe when I was playing, you defensively, you would pick up the ball end line to end line. Mm -hmm. The guard has to work his way down the court while you're defending. Mm -hmm. That went away. There's no on the ball defense anymore. And Isaiah Thomas was explaining this in, a, in a, one of the um, one of the podcasts, one of the shows. He was he was explaining to people that he and Joe Dumars and guys like that back in the day would pick guys up end line to end line, just like I did in high school, just mm -hmm. like I did in college. When Steph Curry came in, it's not, and that's not his fault that type of defense was no longer there. Guys ran back to half court. Mm -hmm. Guys sloughed off at a three-point line. So he's not getting worked anymore like that. Now, a great shooter who's not getting worked has a lot of energy for the fourth quarter and has space to shoot the basketball. Now, 
I know what I know, I know what the naysayers are going to say. Well, no, people defend him hard now. Well, they mm. do defend him hard now, but he's a great player, and he, yes, he makes great shots. Here's the other thing that happened: why I believe that he ruined the game in terms of, and again, tongue in cheek, he, young players follow winners. Mm-hmm. Well, when Michael Jordan was popular, guys wanted to go down and do a sideways dunk. Mm-hmm. Right when Larry Bird was playing, guys were doing turnaround jump shots and holding the Larry Bird, holding the follow through. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry shooting the basketball a foot away from the three-point line and with a, with a flick, with that flick he was doing, mm-hmm. right? I can tell you from training and from what I used to see, guys were doing that. Guys were flicking the basketball, turning around and running back before the ball hit the rim. <laughs> that type of stuff yeah. people were emulating and coaches didn't stop it to say, hey, you know what? That's the NBA. That's a guy who's practiced a million times and, you know, and bring these young people saying, hey, you know what? Let's let, let's focus on just getting you a shot at the free throw line. Everybody was shooting three pointers. No, no. How did that get started? That started years ago when European centers started coming here. In Europe, the game was different. The game is a outside game, so a seven footer was shooting the basketball from outside. The Europe. So when a seven footer came, um, you talk about guys like um, what was his name? The, oh, the Duncan Dutchman. I, I forget his name. He played for for. Um, he played for the Pacers, Sabonis, who came from Russia. That's, that's a, a phenomenal basketball player. These guys were all going outside shooting the basketball. Mm-hmm. So that trend was already getting there, just, just shooting the basketball. The game changed to a three-point game more when Steph Curry came in, and, and people were blaming him for, for, for ruining the game. And um, there's something to say about that. Coaches stopped running plays like the triangle of the Chicago used to play with a big mm-hmm. man came up set the screen guys cut off of him jump shot drive pass inside dunk it became an outside game so the trend was already there now mm-hmm. coaches and teams mimic what is success is when the lakers were winning it was running gun everybody started running passing running mm-hmm. when boston was winning it was walk the ball up the court feed this guy cut back door stuff like that mm-hmm. so so again it's not really his fault however you know, he's he, it's been said all around, the, all, all around the league and around basketball circles. There's a debate about that, that he ruined the game with his style of play because he can shoot from so far. Mm-hmm. Again, if you have him on your team, you're not, you're not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> I remember it was a recent interview that came out too because he said, someone asked him, asked him the question, does he, does he think he personally ruined the game? And he said, he's seen a lot of clips of guys taking bad shots from like 40, 50 feet. And he's like, I didn't tell you to take that shot. I didn't tell you to shoot that. Like he was just, I was just playing my game, but we've seen players are coming up now that are emulating his game, like Trey young and LaMelo ball and even Lonzo ball from, from 40, 50 feet from just pointing at the half court line and shooting it. And we've seen the, we're seeing the game slowly start to change too now. And I wonder what you think personally before the rule change of Harden and Trey's antics of drawing fouls on the three point line. And a lot of people were upset about that before the rule change. So what did you think about that personally? Was that something you could see like players you, you trained into implementing into the game? Or would you say that's, that's, that's toxic. Don't do that. Just don't implement that into your game. It's that's not real basketball. I'm a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. I taught the game, you know, dribbling, shooting, passing, defending. I, I taught fundamentals and basics. Mm-hmm. I'm on the same page that you're talking about, and I've been thinking about this for years, and I've been railing against it for years, that um, guys jumping in the air and kicking their feet out and drawing fouls, the James Harden stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad they made that rule change. 
years before that, there were guys, even in Canada, who were, when a guy puts his hands up to play defense, you put your hand under his arm to shoot the ball and draw a foul. Mm-hmm. Now, that's been going on for a long time. That was going on. That was, that was what you call savvy basketball, smart basketball. Mm-hmm. When a guy, you pump fake a guy, he puts his hands up and you jump under his arm. Obviously, it's a foul. Or even if a guy has his hands up playing defense, you know, you come right to his body and then go up under his arm. The referee's going to call the foul every time. That was been happening for a long time. What precipitated the rule change was just the, the total ruination of the game. I mean, fouls every fouls every 30 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. You know, running into guys, jumping into a guy and then showing up something, hopefully it goes in and it goes into that level. But I'm just happy they made that rule change. I, I am very happy they made that rule change. And you see, it took James Harden a while to, yeah. to adjust. Right, you think a professional player should adjust right away? It took him a while because he made it part of his game. Exactly. Uh, well, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, I was always I always tell my friends too because at the beginning of the season he was averaging like 16, 17 points after the rule change, and it was really it was really hard for him. And I told like that one quote that people say great players will always find ways to be great, so he needs to find way, a way to to be great without the foul calls. And I think with the trade to Philly, he's gonna finally start doing that, especially working with Embiid as well. I think he made Clint Capella look amazing. So I think especially working with someone like Embiid, he'll find a way to be great. And just going back to this earlier question too, I forgot to ask you too, um, after the Raptors won the championship, like growing up for me in elementary school, middle school, whatever it was, we didn't talk, they didn't talk about basketball a lot. They talked about hockey, soccer, whatever, until I got to middle school. So do you think that Toronto is slowly becoming a basketball city or already is become a basketball city, especially after this Raptors championship? Cause I've seen the culture change <laughs> greatly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man. Canada is a hockey is a hockey country. <laughs> you know, you're, you'll never. Even when I was growing up, man, you know, I mean, hockey was the number one thing. But here's what started happening, and I know some of uh, the hockey dads and, and hockey folks were bemoaning this, and there's some media reports about this as well. There are more kids playing basketball now than hockey. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Obviously, socioeconomic reasons. Number one, uh, most immigrant families can't afford the ice hockey stick. Mm-hmm. The skates, the padding, it's some expensive stuff to play hockey, plus the rink time, right? Mm-hmm. Sharpening, pay to sharpen skates every other week, right? So that that that's part of it, number, number one. Number two, immigrant families, right, find it easier for their kid to go outside in the driveway or go to the community center and throw up a ball mm-hmm. rather than having to drive a kid across town to a hockey rink, right? Mm-hmm. Th- th- those are part of socioeconomic reasons. So... And, and here's what happened. When the Raptors came to town and Vince Carter, that brought a lot of excitement and, um, and put the spotlight on basketball in Canada. Subsequently, the championship run, I mean, the championship run made a lot of young kids, a lot of young mm-hmm. kids just look at basketball because obviously it was in their face every day. It's exciting. It was a winner. The Maple Leafs are not winning. The, the Blue Jays are not winning. Mm-hmm. The Argonauts are, 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 are something that's going to be forgettable. So, so um, and Toronto FC, you know, soccer is a niche sport. It still hasn't taken off in North yeah. America. I doubt it ever will. It's not enough scoring. It's not mm-hmm. enough excitement in terms of what North Americans are used to. Yeah. High scoring, you know, I mean, action all the time. So, in terms of, in terms of that, yes. Yes, to answer your question, yes. Um, basketball has taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, as the as the dominant pre, pre dominant sport now, you could never tell that by watching TSN all these yeah. shows. Because yeah. basketball is on. They're playing Cam Loops versus Quebec City right. when basketball <laughs> is going on. It's like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> see this. 
personally for me, basketball has always been my favorite sport. Like, so when I go try to go to Sportsnet or TSN and they're playing hockey, it's like, I don't want to see this. I want to, I want to see the game because I personally, to me, and I know people will say whatever I find basketball, one of the most exciting, exciting sports to watch, you know, especially like just growing up and watching the posterizing dunks, the lobs, the passes, everything. It's like, I don't, I never seen that anywhere else, especially in high school when I was rooting for the Cavaliers in 2016 and everyone was telling me there's no way they're coming back through one. There's no way they're coming back through one. And I watched (laughs) LeBron literally pull off the impossible. So that there's, you don't see anything like that before. And I've heard the debate too. What would mean more to Toronto before the Raptors one what a rapid championship well, hold, mean. On, hold on Kyle you, you have to understand something Kyle high school basketball in my day you saw that mm-hmm. you saw alley-oop dunks you saw four or five dunks a game mm-hmm. you saw high scoring games I mean when I was in high school people would get on the subway and follow teams mm-hmm. around George Harvey mm-hmm. Oakwood Eastern Commerce if you ask um running mean Redmond if you ask People mm-hmm. about basketball back in the back in the 80, late 80s. So I'm saying about 86, mm-hmm. well, 84 to 95, say. Basketball is what you're talking about. Yeah. This. <laughs> but what's happening now is that mm-hmm. remember what I just said to you. All those kids are in the prep school now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a kid from grade eight and grade nine. They're not what you're not watching them in high school no more. So the yeah. high school basketball player you're watching now is boring. Some of them can't even touch the mesh. <laughs> that, 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 right? <laughs> so, so if you're good you're in a prep you understand mm-hmm, yeah that is why high school basketball has 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 been destroyed in this country mm-hmm. because as soon as you're in grade seven or eight and you're good you're going to a junior prep then a prep school mm-hmm. nobody is playing high school basketball so you're not seeing anything like high school basketball used to be if you want to watch high school basketball you, you have to go back to it you have to go to america mm-hmm. although there's there's big preps in america not every kid can get into those things because of financial struggles by their parents so those great ghetto kids those great kids in america are still going to regular high schools and putting up numbers you know what i mean but not in not in toronto most not, not in canada the, the kids parents here in canada can afford to send them to a prep Mm-hmm. And you, so high school basketball has been decimated, man. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of Cavaliers, <laughs> you're talking about they're in sixth place right now, which yeah. shocks me. Shocks me. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe they're in sixth place. I said at the beginning of the year, and uh, I, I did some stuff, obviously, with, with, with Global, and mm-hmm. um, I was their Raptors. Um, I was Global's um, game five and game six uh, NBA analysts. Mm-hmm. So I did that for them, and then subsequently I've done some other stuff. But um, I said to someone before the season started, I said, the Raptors are going to be in maybe seventh, eighth place by the time they're done. They may miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. And right now they're in seventh place. Yeah. Now, the Nets are in ninth place up behind the Hornets. I expect the Nets to move into eighth, seventh or eighth place. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect the Hawks to also be in one of those spots. I don't believe the Hawks will stay at 10th place. Yeah. The superstars will, will will push in the final push mm-hmm. in order to uh to solidify what they need for their teams. The Bulls shocked me, mm-hmm. right? But DeRozan shocked me with the Bulls. That mm-hmm. that is an amazing experiment that's gone right. And uh, who else is it? Um, Kyle Lowry must be in heaven. Miami Heat, the Miami Heat. <laughs> what? He must be in heaven. People are saying he should retire. I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is it for him. I thought he should hang it up, but uh, God bless them. <laughs> God bless it's, them. It's crazy because I remember too. I think with the narrative with the Miami Heat, too, especially seeing how they competed against the Lakers in the in the the bubble um, two yeah. years ago too. It just 
that key piece that they, when they signed Jimmy Butler, this man just wants to win. This player just is just, he just yes. wants to win. And everywhere they go, they've been calling him a toxic teammate in Minnesota in the 76 years. But from what I heard, they, he just wanted to win. He just wanted to push the best out of people. And they're calling him toxic, whatever. But I was like, if Jordan did that, Jordan was punching Steve Kerr in the face. And if he did that now, you, were, you would have called him toxic. No, Jimmy Butler just wants to win. He's single-handedly You know, you know the difference? You know the difference, Kyle, between now and then? Is that everybody <laughs> is on internet and, and Twitter and stuff now hearing about that stuff. Back in my day, guys were throwing mm-hmm. balls at each other. <laughs> guys were wrestling on the floor. Guys were throwing punches. At, come on. People just don't understand when you have a guy like Butler mm-hmm. on your team that wants to win, oh my gosh. Yeah, you miss a pass, you miss, you don't know, run the play mm-hmm. properly, you're late for practice. Guys will fight you <laughs> uh, back then, back in the day. Oh, yeah, back in the day. So, uh, yeah, good for him. I'm glad that Butler um, is that way. And I, I never thought he was toxic. I always saw a winner. Yeah. I saw a winner there. I always, I always thought he was discounted. He was discounted all his life, right? Exactly. Yeah. I always thought that too. It was like I'm hearing he beat the fir- the starters with the third stringers, and he's calling out t- he's calling out Cat. He's calling out, but he was the one that led them to their playoff appearance in how many years, and they haven't been back since. And then he left us the 76ers. And if a, a lot of people speculate if Kawhi missed that shot, then those Sixers might have won in overtime, and they haven't been back since since Jimmy Butler left the team. So it's, I, I really, I really was thinking for a long time, Jimmy Butler is this X factor. He just wants to win so bad. He brings it out of everybody. He brings this winning mentality, this Kobe mentality out of everybody, you know? And so he does. He does. And winners do that, right? Mm-hmm. Great players do that. Guys who have the will to win do that. And, um, but you, the other pieces, right. They have some great guards. They, they have some great shooters. Um, they have a really good coach. I mean, mm-hmm. their coach has really been a really good organization. Pat Riley at the top of that. They know how to draft players. They know how to develop players. They're in a tight organization. So all those things coming together means win. I remember, you know, Dwayne Wade was a part of that organization along with Shaq a while back. And um, so, 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 yeah. Yeah, man, I'm, I, I see this happening. I, 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 don't, I don't think the Heat are going to win the championship, yeah. mind you. I don't even think they're going to win the East. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but we'll see. I mean, the Bucs are in third place. They're coming up strong. Yeah. Uh, the 76ers, I mean, if you look at, we were just talking about Harden. I mean, he has to get it done. Harden's days are waning. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't mm. play defense anyway. He never did. <laughs> it's worse now. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse now. So uh, I, don't, I don't see how long, you know, they may make it. The 76ers may make a push mm-hmm. to get there um, this year. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my view on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, heard, I heard a report come out a few days ago that he, he was making this push out of the nets because he didn't want to meet the Raptors in the playoffs. That was one of his concerns. He was worried about a, play, <laughs> a, Raptors, a Raptors matchup. For some reason, I was like, okay, that's interesting. I didn't hear that before. I didn't think that. But I thought the nets what? would have beat them. But, you, but you know, what? okay. <laughs> okay, then. But... Um, going off. Well, with, you know like... what, man? Come on. I mean, think about <laughs> it. I mean, come on, come on. In the playoffs, we're, we're, come on. I think I think KD has a chip on his shoulder for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> I, this 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 stuff is fantasy because yeah, I think eight out of ten times the Nets win that that matchup. Now, yeah. Some teams do have other teams' number. I I know that. I've, I've experienced that. I've experienced that as well. Mm-hmm. It just happens that way. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Katie's not allowed to, to lose a series against the Raptors. Exactly. If we're yeah. down to that, so no, I don't <laughs> think Harden ran because of Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think you know that happened. I think he became delusioned Kyrie Irving's um, antics, which I would have too. I mean, you were talking before about guys getting teams together, guys calling and saying like mm-hmm. Kawhi, if you were still here, mm-hmm. some more guys when I came to Toronto to continue on the championship runs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happened with the Nets. That's essentially what happened with the Nets. You know, KD, Irving, and, and got KD and Kyrie got hardened to come. Yeah. To the Nets, and then Kyrie goes on his, his little his little mental escapades. <laughs> yeah. And and leaves them high and dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what led to Harden leaving too. He was just ups- yeah. he was just upset because Kyrie wasn't playing. He didn't like the yeah. whole dynamic of the team, and apparently he wanted to go to Philly before going to the Nets. So all of this kind of just like culminated. I don't know how. I think Simmons it could be a good fit for the Nets too, especially with his passing ability. If he ever learns to take a jump shot, then I think they'll they they'll they'll have a good chance of winning this title because well if, he doesn't have to he doesn't mm-hmm. have to with the Nets because of Kyrie and Katie, yeah. mm-hmm. Irving is there they've got enough shooters Doris, on the yeah. Nets right right Joe Joe um, Joe is there too right like, mm-hmm. yeah so so they've got guys who can shoot the basketball but they don't have guys that can play deep. Mm-hmm. See that's the key. I don't. Yeah, as a basketball player, I'm thinking you're a professional. You get a shooting coach. You mm-hmm. spend eight hours in the gym in the summertime, and come back with at least one jump shot. He doesn't put the work in, but his defense, his passing ability, mm-hmm. his ability to stretch and run the, run the middle of the floor and finish. I mean that parent. That's all star level. It's extraordinary. That's all star yeah. level. They don't need him to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. They don't need him to shoot the ball. Yes. But maybe you may be right. I mean, maybe a perfect fit for him. That's what I'm saying. It's it's really interesting too. I think if he when he plays and if they fit him into the offense properly and um, Steve Nash finds a way, I think they can go far. I really I really did like do like Simmons too. A lot of people like to jump on the hate, hate like hate wagon of him not having a jump shot, but even before that, he, he reminded me but without a without a jump shot, but he reminded me of a younger version of LeBron with the passing ability and his athleticism and the way he sees the court and everything like that. It's just it's different. <laughs> it's with him that there's levels to it. So yeah, I, a six ten a six ten guy that can handle the basketball, play defense. Runs the floor, has great vision. Sure, sure. I I think that's that's a great that's a great analogy. Analogy. The, the the thing that's disconcerting to me, and has a lot of people throughout the NBA and and, and, and basketball um, dismayed, is mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to work on the yeah. things that he needs to be special, extra special. Mm-hmm. What I was thinking too, and I was going to ask you um, about, because I'm trying to just write a, write a little article about this, what I was thinking too, if the Lakers were doing better, this is kind of like a what if type paper, I'll, I was writing a little article, um, if the Lakers were doing better, especially since LeBron just dropped 56 points a few days ago, um, could you see him in the MVP conversation? Well, you know what, regardless of, of how well they're doing, how bad they're doing, mm-hmm. I mean, look at him at his age and what he's accomplishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not horrible. He's not horrible. You know what I mean? He's doing well. He's scoring. He's passing. He's def- well, defending is is, is 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 charitable to say. But I think, yeah, I think if they were in the running, I think what are they, a ninth place in the in the West? Somewhere around there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you would. You know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He should be in the running. He mm-hmm. should be. He should be. I agree with that. 
I was thinking especially too because like he, he, they're only ninth place and the team is just kind of all over the place right now. So I remember hearing reports, and you could probably give your thoughts on this too. Uh, reports in before Westbrook even got traded that there was a possibility that they would have traded for Kyle Lowry, and it was a package with like Kuzma, THT, whatever. And then there was a possibility that DeRozan would have joined him, took a pay cut, and joined him. Do you th- do you think the Lakers should have just done that instead of the Westbrook trade? Because I feel like Lowry would have been a better piece overall. I've always thought that too. The defense, the shooting, everything. You know, that's a great thought. I, I thought Lowry would have been the, the mistake they made was getting rid of Rondo a while mm. back. That's the mistake the Lakers made. Um, Rondo was a perfect point guard, a perfect fit for that team. Um, Westbrook is not a good match for that team. He mm-hmm. does the same thing that LeBron would do, drive to the basket hard. And now he's not even able to finish. He cannot affect the game as he did before. Mm-hmm. That was a failed experiment. They should have just cut their losses. Uh, before the all-star break with, yeah. with him. But I believe LeBron has, has has put his imprint on that team as a de facto GM. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't understand what LeBron does. He comes in and says, I want this guy, I want that guy. They mm-hmm. give it to him and it's failed. You cannot blame the coach. You cannot blame the general manager. I think the, all the blame lies on LeBron's shoulders mm-hmm. for these silly moves that they've made and these guys they've brought in who are 100 years old yeah. <laughs> and can't guard anybody and now mm-hmm. can't can't don't have enough lift no more athleticism to finish around the basket. Mm-hmm. You'll see. So, so that 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 is is um, that's my thought on, on what on what that brings. Uh, again, LeBron is LeBron. I mean, he he still has a little bit left. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's taking care of his body, and um, I really believe that yes, if they were in fifth, at least fifth or fifth place. Mm-hmm. He'd be an MVP candidate, man. But but even now, I'm thinking about it now that you brought it up. I mean, for what he's doing now, shoot, I'll probably put him in there. I mean, his sons are number one. The Grizzlies number two. Yeah. Um, you know, the Warriors are in third place. I think the Warriors make a run for the championship, especially with Clay Thompson yeah. getting his back, getting back into the groove of things. And I don't see the Lakers matched up with the Suns, the Grizzlies, or the Warriors. They're just yeah. too young, too athletic. Too explosive, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and and but it brings me back to my thought. Like I said, playoff basketball is a little bit different. Yeah, but those lower. teams out in the West, they've got some, they've got some young beasts. They've got some, they've got some warriors out there. You know what I mean? So yeah, the Lakers are done, I believe. I think a lot, a lot of people, a lot of the media especially, were treating guys like Lowry and DeRozan kind of like trash, especially with being trade pieces, because of they don't talk about Lowry the way he should be talked about. I feel like I feel like he is an amazing point guard. He brings amazing links to the team. So when they wouldn't even trade TH uh, Tallenhorn Tucker for him, I, w- I was, <laughs> I was stunned because I was like, this, this would be an amazing piece for the Lakers, especially if 80 is getting injured like this, he needs to sit out and you need someone to help carry, help LeBron carry this offensive load and see what DeRozan's doing now too. They're saying his mid range is unstoppable. He's, they call them the worst trade of the off season for the bulls. They called that the worst trade. And now he's leading the bulls in somewhere. I didn't think I'd ever see them for a while too, especially with that young piece with Vucevic and um, Zach Levine and all those guys too. Yeah. But you know what, man, people's memories are short. eh? Mm -hmm. And I remember when (laughs) I'll tell you this. I remember when I remember when DeRozan and Lowry could not sink a basket to move this team. (laughs) I remember people were saying these guys are, regular season players and mm-hmm. playoff duds. I remember those games. I remember those years when they couldn't do anything in the playoffs. Their averages went down. See, mm-hmm. I have a long memory. Now, 
how did that change? The the the, the they had to they had to trade Durant. They just mm, had yeah. to. They couldn't trade Lowry because really and truly they needed a general for the team, a point guard. They needed yeah. to continue to keep the point guard. Rose was a mid mid range specialist and just could not bring this team forward. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't going to. Whoever people are saying that after, or oh, Rose would have won him a championship sooner or later. Now it no, wasn't no. going to happen. Yeah. He doesn't have he doesn't have the gravitas. He doesn't have that to 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 bring a team to a championship by himself like Kawhi did. So that's that's two. Number two, Lowry was the same. Lowry could not. Lowry's averages went down in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Remember, stars and superstars, your averages are supposed to go up in the playoffs. Go up, yeah. Now, so I remember those things. So people are saying now about these two guys, it, yeah, it, it's selective memory at best. Mm-hmm. Not to disrespect them, they're great NBA players. They, 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 they deserve respect in terms of what they've accomplished. But I wouldn't put them on a pedestal anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kawhi is the catalyst that changed the locker room, changed everything there, along with their coach who brought in some fresh um, defensive schemes. Again, with 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 the Warriors injuries, and again, everything gets injuries. Everything happens. You play who you play. So I, I wouldn't even bother to go there with why they won a championship, but they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Lowry, many people were saying that he was done. Many mm-hmm. people were, were not training for him because number one, he was a defensive liability. Yeah. Unless you have a great shot blocker in the middle, mm-hmm. guards are running by him, going down the middle of the floor. It's just mm-hmm. the way it yeah. was. Now, the great thing about the heat is they have a great team defense mm-hmm. so they mask and they cover some of that stuff for him yeah but don't 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 get it don't get it twisted a bit here i mean they were thinking of retirement for this guy <laughs> will really take him for a couple of games or one year and he retires yeah. in Philly. Those, that was the talk mm-hmm. now he's shown that he has a little bit left and he has a little bit more left and he, he's with a team that he's able to lead and and, and help and help bring forth but uh for the, for the Lakers to have taken him, I agree with you. The Lakers would have been mm-hmm. better off with him than what they have right now, right? Because mm-hmm. Westbrook can't hit a jump shot. Yeah. And he doesn't have enough lift. Yeah. He doesn't have enough lift to do the moves that he was doing before. Remember, he mm-hmm. was, he's like um, – he reminds me of Derrick Rose. Yeah. Right? Derrick Rose is now a grounded player. Mm-hmm. One or two games you may see him do a dunk or do something, but really and truly he's done. His yeah. legs, you know, that's where Westbrook is. One of those players who are so super athletic at this time now – Athleticism has left him, and he hasn't gotten the jump shot. You see, that happened to Jordan, that happened to LeBron, that happened mm-hmm. to everybody in basketball. Father time is undefeated, mm-hmm. right? So in order for, 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 for these guys who were super athletic to thrive in their later years, they had to have, to have developed a jump shot, and Westbrook doesn't have a jump shot that's reliable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest problem, and everyone's saying, I think a lot of people put too much for LeBron just to figure it out because you know they'll be like oh he's with AD he's with Westbrook Carmelo all these guys he'll just figure it out you know and but I think at this point like usually for these LeBron teams around February they kind of just like get it rolling but they still haven't gotten it rolling and so I think they'll probably if they do end up making the playoffs they'll probably be bounced out first second round unless LeBron pulls a miracle and channels his 2018 (laughs) self where he pulled the Cavs through everything and LeBron LeBron was invented um, I was going to ask you too, um, do you think that if LeBron wasn't in, like if LeBron, take LeBron out of the East during those years, would have Toronto won a championship? Because I think that was the, the, the main hump that they had to get over. I don't know. Uh, what, what was the Celtics doing? Remember, we got beat by the Celtics and Paul Pierce a couple of times. So, you know, Le- LeBronto, I remember that. It was LeBronto. Yeah. It was in Toronto. It was LeBronto. <laughs> it was in Toronto. He used to come here and tune Toronto up. But no, you know what? It, it, 
good good I good thought process there, but no. Mm-hmm. Uh, with LeBron out, I mean LeBron stopped a lot of teams. That like Jordan stopped a lot of teams and yeah. a lot of players from getting championships. Um, I, I think I think I think the the Celtics would have um would have had the crown there, bud. Mm-hmm. Would have took it. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. I was thinking it's interesting too, especially because, like you said, DeRozan and Lowry though, during those years they were kind of shrinking during the playoffs too as well. So yeah, yeah. and then you had these newer guys coming up too. And just yeah. a few more questions before I let you go here too. Um, just the classic question too. I want to know who is your personal top three in basketball in, in of all time? Of all time? Yeah. Okay, that's easy. People are gonna freak <laughs> out. You know, oh no, no. <laughs> Number one, guys that you guys have never seen, and I only saw on a grainy one grainy thing <laughs> was um, Will Chamberlain is my number one. Mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain. Number two is um, Jordan, mm-hmm. and number three for me is Kobe. That, okay. That's my top three. Okay, because I was I was I was seeing a lot of players say they they're like your opinion is automatically just discredited if you do not have Kobe in your top three. Do you think Kobe gets a lot of disrespect like over the years too, especially because I've been hearing a lot of people just drop him out of the top five completely, and I think that's ridiculous because he's one of the greatest players I've ever seen play basketball. Like his worth that get everything. Do you think he's being disrespected in the modern day media a lot too? I, no, I don't think so. I think he gets his due. I think he gets his mm-hmm. due. I think some people just don't understand the level of his game and didn't understand his drive. Mm-hmm. If I want a guy who is a flat-out winner who's going to get it done no matter what, climb any mountain, I pick Kobe. Mm-hmm. First, out of anybody in the NBA history. I mean, Jordan's mind was amazing. And it's, and it's storied. It's, mm-hmm. it, is, it is famous, Jordan's competitiveness. But Kobe's way of just wanting to win mm-hmm. is an amazing feat by itself. So, uh, you know, no, I don't think he's get. I don't think he's disrespected as much as people would like to say. I think, um, no, I, I think he gets his due. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. It, it, does he have to be in your top three? No, but he has to be in your top five. Because mm-hmm. I've seen a lot he of people be in the top three, out. but he has to be in the top five. I think the next one would be LeBron, mm-hmm. number four. Um, I go with Kareem after that. Mm-hmm. Number five, um, uh, Magic six, Bird seventh. Um, I go with Charles Barkley after mm-hmm. that. I go with Dr. J after that. Um, who else is there? I'm missing somebody, but that that is where close to my top ten is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kareem can, and I, I can flip Kareem real quick. Mm-hmm. Into it with LeBron real quick. I can flip Kareem real quick. Mm-hmm. Kareem, Kareem was Kareem was an amazing, amazing basketball player. player. Just, you see what happens, Kyle, is that this generation hasn't seen people play. They've seen hype. They've seen dunks, and they've seen long three pointers. Mm-hmm. They've seen LeBron. LeBron is six nine, mm-hmm. two hundred and sixty pounds. Mm-hmm. The guy that running at you, you're gonna score a lot of points. Yeah. I'm not discounting his talent in his <laughs> mind. He has an incredible brain. He has an incredible mm-hmm. mind. But in terms of what he's able to do um, on the floor has a lot to do with his uh, stature. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Kobe and, and Jordan are pure skill mm-hmm. and thinking ability in terms of manipulation and, and being able to over, overcome. LeBron is smart. He's the, but he's Magic Johnson smart. Yeah. He's, I can get this guy this pass here. I know how to get this guy open there. But in terms of, 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 of just flat out winning basketball players, uh, Jordan and, and Kobe are without question. 
Mm-hmm. Without question, the top. What, what's your next question, bud? I was going to say, how do you, because the NBA 75 list came out this year. How do you feel about a guy like Damian Lillard making that when, <laughs> when you had guys like Dwight Howard being snubbed off the list? All these other guys, huge. Well, I, would, I would even put Dwight Howard. I would even put uh, du- Lillard for sure. I would not put on there. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. I'd rather put John Starks on there than him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's guys in NBA history, Bernard King, um, mm-hmm. Maurice Sheeks. You have guys who played basketball. You see, that's what I say about these lists and this era of, of basketball fans and basketball journalists. They've only been watching basketball since 1990 or something. Yeah. The guys that played, and I have and I have this conversation with a lot of people, Kyle. Mm-hmm. The guys that played basketball in the 70s and 80s, you would be afraid of walking up the alley with one of those guys. <laughs> it's not these guys you see here with their with their gold blings and their the little skinny guys walking around jumping all over the place. The guys that played basketball back in the 70s and 80s will beat you up in an alley. These mm-hmm. guys are a different breed of athletes mm-hmm. you know you, you're talking about charles oakley you're talking about the dale the davis brothers dale davis guys you're talking about uh, jerome kersey you're you're, you're talking there's guys who are who kill you eat you alive mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to score against them you, you they defend you and but but again it's a different era and let me let me qualify that back then you could hold a guy's jersey mm-hmm. and then you could hold his shorts right Mm-hmm. Back then, you could grab his wrist and, and 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 use your knee in his back when he posted up. So now, with it, with the advent of no contact, no hand checking, it's a freer game, a more high scoring game in some ways. Mm-hmm. Teams are scoring 120, 130 back then anyway, but it wasn't always. Mm-hmm. But that's the reason why the game has changed so dramatically, and why people put these guys on this 75 list. Yeah. Half the guys who were in the modern game who were on that list couldn't score back then. Mm-hmm. Because if you're trying to run around the screen, the big man puts his, his hip into you or his knee yeah. into you. While the guy who's chasing you is holding on to your jersey. Yeah. Or 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 you do a little dance or a shimmy and <laughs> show up the other guy after you shoot a shot. Yeah. You come off a screen, that guy gives you an elbow yeah, right. Well, yeah. It's a totally different game now. You can't show up people back then. They police the game differently back then. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the, the 75 list that people come up with is silly to me. Uh, the entirety of basketball. There's guys who played back then who who would, who would tear up the guys now today. And people mm-hmm. are talking about oh they're super athletic. There's guys who were jumping over the rim back then yeah. with all that contact, with all yeah. guys throwing you on the ground. Guys are getting free reign to hold onto the rim so they don't fall. Back then guys fell. Mm-hmm. It's a wholly different game. So yeah, yeah. The 75 list to me, half those guys should be off of it. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't, I don't think Dwight Howard should be on it anyway. Not, mm-hmm. not to me. I mean, he, he had three years. Mm-hmm. He had three years of good basketball. Yeah. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Now, you, I, you know I mean? People can disagree. I'm just giving mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, three years of really good basketball. Five years of crying and moaning about crap. <laughs> yeah. Three years now of redeeming himself and actually doing something that looks okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not, not, not for me. Not. Patrick Ewing. Um, I mean, I could kind of list. Mm-hmm. There, there's guys in NBA history. Um, Andrew Tony used to play for the Sixers. They used to mm-hmm. call him the Boston Strangler. When he went to Boston Garden, <laughs> the Sixers came out with a win. That <laughs> guy, he would kill. That, that's some names to some guys. You have, um, oh man, there's a lot of guys. My head is full of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're gonna have another conversation one day. <laughs> would you? Would you say? Um, 
someone like Allen Iverson should have been left off that list? Or do you think he earned his place on that list? Well, he earned that. He earned mm. that. He came at the tail end of the era when they threw guys to the ground. Mm. He, came, he took a Sixers team to the championship against the Lakers by himself mm-hmm. with a bunch of scrubs. Seriously, yeah. Philadelphia then with a bunch of scrubs. And he lost three, two games against LA, which they should have won. Mm-hmm. And the famous shot of him walking over, stepping over um, his buddy there was what um, with Teron Lou. Yeah, Ty Lou. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So listen, man. Yeah, no, no, no. I, <laughs> Harrison is a real deal. He's okay. a real deal. <laughs> It's a real deal. You know, Isaiah, I, you know, Isaiah, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Out of Joe Dumars. I mean, there, there's guys like that. Um, shoot, there's guys that you don't even know. Detlef Shrimp. Mm-hmm. I mean, Detlef Shrimp used to play for the Supersonics. Mm-hmm. The Rain Man. I mean, there's, there's guys. There's, there's so many guys. A lot over Damian Lillard. I could see a, a oh lot over gosh, Damian I could sure. see. I could see. I don't know why he made that list. That was that was weird. He paid somebody. He paid somebody. He got pictures of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he got pictures. <laughs> and I was seeing, I was seeing too, it's interesting. You mentioned it a, a bit before, but I was, was having a conversation with my friends. John Morantz, he's the young up-and-coming superstar, athletic as hell. Is Do you think he's the second coming updated version of Derrick Rose? Hmm. Hmm, let me see. No, he's better than Derrick Rose, Ben. Mm-hmm. He's better than Derrick Rose. Um, yeah, he's... he's, he's uh, the athleticism matches. He has a little bit more left than Derrick Rose. Um, he has more shot-making ability, mm-hmm. uh, shot-making ability than, than Derrick Rose. Well, I, I can see the comparison, but, but no, no, that's a slightly different player, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, I, I think he's better than Derrick Rose. I think he's a fabulous player, fabulous mm-hmm. young player. I think he's going to make some ways in years to come, barring any, any injury. Mm-hmm. Again, remember these super athletic guys, they're in the NBA for mm-hmm. a couple of years and their bodies get weird down fast. They get an injury and uh, the athleticism is over, you know. It, um, Antonio McDice is one of those guys. Antonio McDice, 6'10, jumps out of the building, athletic as anything. And as soon as he got that knee injury, you know, three years out, two years out of the league, couldn't transition to a different game, right? Mm-hmm. So there's guys in history. I could talk about it all day long. Mm-hmm. And final question. This is just going back to your like basketball training and you training other players and everything. So like, of course, like guys like me, I'm already 20, I'm already 22. So it's out of the question for me to even try to go pro or whatever. So, but just guys who, cause I've had friends ask me too about it and all this stuff too. If, you just generally want to get better at the game of basketball and like you're at my age too. Cause I've, I like playing basketball, but I'm not the greatest player. I've always thought about getting a coach or getting someone to help me train or whatever. Would you say it's reasonable that I can like, if I were to like come to you or somebody else like that, is it reasonable to do so? Or do you think it's just too late for good for already at my age? It's too late to even try to get better. That's a great question. Listen, if you love the game and you want to get better to play the men's league, I've coached, I've trained women in their 40s mm-hmm. who play in women's leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, if you love the game and you want to do something better, mm-hmm. get a trainer. Get someone who knows the game and they'll help you, help you, um, you know, um, get some of the bad habits out, um, teach you a few things you can use from at your age against guys. No, I think it's, I think you should do it. I think if you love the game, you, you continue to, to play. This game is a great game. One of the greatest games ever invented. And you can play it all the way up into your 70s. We have leagues in America with 70-year-olds still playing basketball. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great game. So if you continue, if you want to play, you want to play in the men's league, and um, you want to get your game better, contact someone and say, hey, you know what? I want to be able to dribble better. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I get a jump? I want to be able to shoot my jump shot better. Those are things at your age that you should want to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, you know, you, the high flying dunking stuff, those days, those days, that's not yeah. <laughs> but, but, but just shoot better, mm-hmm. know when to get a shot off, to dribble the basketball better, you know, how to score on people. Yeah, that, that, you should do that. Mm-hmm. Because speaking from my own personal experience, because I like I've always watched basketball, but I started playing very late, like very late. And I never had any sort of athleticism. I'm not jumping out the gym. I'm not jumping with these guys. I know my, I know my strengths and weaknesses. But, so <laughs> I know I'm tiny. I'm only like five, seven. So I'm not going to be going with the, going up with these guys in the paint unless I'm doing some crazy layup. So I know yes. it's it's shooting. I work on my defense or anything. So it's like those are things I would have to focus on is what you're saying pretty much. Just focus on what I know I can do and everything. And I know I've had bad yeah. habits or everything, so I need to fix those. So. Yeah, man. Don't worry about yourself so much, man. Just <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Have fun. There's guys mm-hmm. in the NBA who don't dunk the basketball. Mm-hmm. There's guys in the NBA who are not high flyers. Find your niche or what you can do and have fun. Mm-hmm. The game's about having fun. You're not getting paid to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. So you want to go to work the next morning. So mm-hmm. don't, don't overtax yourself, overdo yourself. Be 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 um, aggressive, um, and, and and compete, mm-hmm. but have fun. I would say <laughs> have fun. It's a great game. So would you would you say? Because I know you said at the beginning, like of the pandemic and everything, and your the advanced basketball hasn't started up yet. Would you say it's reasonable if I were just like message you in the future about possibly training? Just like if anything. <laughs> hey man, if you're too fat. I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, on the on, too much work for me. Too much work for me to get you back in shape. And then... On the on the side too, like aside from basketball, I do mixed martial arts. So that's my nice. that was my sport. So because I like training in like the fighting or whatever and everything. So I am in shape. It's just I can't do anything on the court because I just like I'm too tiny. So I was like, can I find a trainer to help me learn some things? You know, so no, I don't get for destroyed. Sure. For sure, for sure, I would help you. For sure, I would help you. Mm-hmm. I just haven't. Uh, because last time the pandemic was, um, they had re- they had loosened the restrictions, gyms mm-hmm. open, and then they put the restrictions back in gyms closed, and all the investment that I made into this stuff, you know, it, 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 you have to make an investment of your time mm-hmm. and money, yeah, to do this stuff. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not free, right? These gyms cost money, especially now where the gym mm-hmm. prices have doubled. Yeah, so the overhead has doubled. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably do some outdoor training in the in the summer. I'll probably start with that to see what what I can do to build and again because you can't just put up a shingle and say hey come train yeah you know the kids that were training with me have gone on to university yeah and have gone on to jobs and a lot of people have stopped playing basketball because they couldn't get the scholarship two mm-hmm. years out and couldn't get a scholarship because you haven't been training mm-hmm. scholars weren't coming up here during the pandemic they weren't allowed over the border so those kids and their their little siblings or their friends. And the people who'd come to me, that whole pipeline dried up, you see. Mm-hmm. So business-wise, you know, it wasn't, it's just not feasible for me to, to, to do it because the gym costs money. Yeah. And, and, and the overhead was more than I was going to be getting paid. So what I'm thinking I'll do, Kyle, is in the summertime, an outdoor court and spring, summer, an outdoor court on a Saturday, Friday evening, Saturday during the day, Sunday mm-hmm. during the day, outdoor first. 
to see if we can see what's, let me see what the interest is and see if I can build it again. It took me 15 years, right? To build mm -hmm. a successful business. I had it for 15 years mm -hmm. and um, with a lot of success and a lot of kids making it and a lot of kids um, all over the, I mean, there's kids in university now, girls and boys playing NCAA university that I've trained, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, to build that pipeline back up again, to find gyms that are reasonable, there's no more reasonable price gyms. The school gyms are not accessible to the public yet. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there, brother. So, for now, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna see. You know, if someone calls me and says, "Hey, do you want to do something?" I'll probably we'll probably do outdoor first, and then we'll figure out what to do after that. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. I wanna just thank you for taking your time again to do this interview. It was really fun. I love talking to you. It was enjoyable. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for having me. I mm -hmm. really appreciate talking with you and meeting with you. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, we can do something in the future. If you're yeah. thinking about doing a basketball show. Um, oh, mm -hmm. if you check out YouTube, I used to have a show on YouTube. It's called The Richard Stewart Show. Mm -hmm. So go to YouTube, uh, pull up The Richard Stewart Show. Mm -hmm. And I did a basketball show. I had guys from America on there. I had guys, coaches like Ro Russell, Crestwood, mm -hmm. and uh, grassroots coach. Mm -hmm. And um, Canadian Olympian, um, Kayla Davis on there. I have had different people from different walks of life. Um, and um, guys from university, NCAA, all kinds of different different interest people. So check out my show. If you think of doing something with a panel yeah. or something, I'd love to be on there with you. Because I have, as you can see, I, I know basketball yeah, from, yeah. from way back in Toronto. I'm, I'm right? thinking about going along the lines of like sports journalism, then NBA analysis, something like that, something like that. So I really want to get started basketball-wise because I really love this sport. So I'd love to like talk with you again, do something with you along the line, along I would down love the road. To. I would right. love to. I would love to. You you seem like a cool kid, and I would love to help you um, pursue those dreams of yours. All right, man? All right. Thank you so much.